Did you know that movement not only improves your physical health, but it also greatly supports your emotional health, reducing depression and anxiety? I absolutely have seen this in my own life. I'm a former professional dancer, and my passion for movement led me to create SWE Studio, an online community membership dedicated to get you moving and support your physical and emotional health. SWE Studio is centered around a fusion class combining the ancient Chinese practice of Qigong and the core strengthening practice of Pilates, a powerful and unique combination for all ages and levels of fitness. SWE Studio is extremely affordable for only $22 a month, and you can cancel at any time. Enjoy a library with over 300 classes to choose from, including Qigong, Pilates, dance, meditation, laughter, and I'm adding new content all of the time. If you missed my interview with Lisa here on Health Power, it's episode number 1167, Soul Care and Mindful Movement with Stephen Washington. Visit me at stephenwashingtonexperience.com and let's get moving. If you listen to the show, you know that I'm really big on mindful eating. I think it's so important. So I was so excited when I got this amazing book. It is called This Is What I Eat, Fun Activities for Mindful Eating. This is for children, which, oh my gosh, the sooner we can get them started with this, the better. Aliza J. Sokolov is a private chef, food stylist, and photographer for both digital and print media. She got her start working for Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution Project. Her work has won an Emmy, two Emmy nominations, and a James Beard Media Award. Her photography can be seen in the New York Times, Architectural Digest, Bon Appetit, the Wall Street Journal, and the Los Angeles Times. Aliza loves to give back to the community and has traveled all over the world to do so. Wow, this is so exciting. Hi, Aliza. Welcome to Health Power. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, when did you first decide that you wanted to do a book geared towards children and especially on the topic of mindful eating? You know, when I started, I guess I was probably like 24 when I I had been working as a food stylist for TV shows and I heard that Jamie Oliver was coming to town and I had been a huge fan of his cooking and his cooking shows and his books, everything. And so I applied for a job to be an assistant food stylist for his show. And I got the job. I think I brought cookies to the interview, which is not very (laughs) mindful, but it was mindful in another way. Right. And um, we started our, the project was very long. I think I worked on it for about a year and we were in schools with kids. And we were working with kids who had health issues and who had type two diabetes. And we were, I just remember making salads with these kids during their like time in the kitchen with us. And I was standing with this girl and she had never eaten salad before. And I grew up eating salad to say that we ate a lot of salad growing up. I love roughage to this day. It's just what I love. And she goes, oh my God, this is so good. Like, wow, I feel so great. I had never eaten anything like this before. And I was just shocked. And I used to like cry at work sometimes because I just felt for these kids because a lot of the health issues they had were not only from their diets at home, but also through the school food programs where they're like, these kids have ADD. And I'm like, "Mm, you maybe just gave them waffles and syrup for breakfast. So They can't sit still. I get that. And also, you know, I think everyone's doing the best they can given the parameters. Um, But 
I knew that this is what I wanted to do with my life is work with kids. And this book is so much fun because the more parents that get it, they're like, I actually really like working on this book too. And it's such a great tool for kids and parents. So I knew I just wanted to create something that was really fun that both parents and kids could work on and make them curious about eating healthy. And I was a book kid growing up. I'm super tactile even now as an adult. And it's, I love to color and do fun projects. So I'm very proud of this book and very excited that it's finally out there. Yeah, it's wonderful and it's beautiful and it's fun and it's informative. Before we jump into the book, how do you become a food stylist? I I graduated from UC Berkeley with a degree in architecture and industrial engineering. And it was the height of the recession then in like 2009, 2008. And I couldn't find a job doing anything because as a creative person, it was really challenging at that time. Like my friends who were going to medical school or became consultants, and that's just not how my brain worked. And I finally got a job working for an art director who did television sets. And I assisted her in the first show. It was like a team of three people. And they did all the biggest shows. And the first show that I worked on as an assistant was a food show. This woman named Christina Ferrari. Um, Her daughter is a really fabulous chef too. And I was I walked onto set the first day and there were a bunch of food stylists working. And I was like, what is this? Like, I thought they just like cooked and put it out there. And having been an architecture student, I was like, oh, this is like teeny tiny architecture. And your projects are over at like the end of the day or within a few hours. And I was like, this is also what I'm going to do with my life. And it led to working in this really cool industry of food. And so that's how I I apprenticed and I worked on TV shows and some print and for restaurants and it opened a lot of doors and no one knew what this job was as a food stylist. It sounds very fancy. It's very labor intensive, but I still do it and it's fun and it's just making food look beautiful. I think that's great. All right. So I'm going to jump in. This is what I eat. Fun activities for mindful eating. It's great because right away, hi, welcome to your book about what you eat. Let's get to know each other. My name is, I live in. So they're like, okay, so this is my book. And then you talk about food is my favorite, says, excuse me, food is my favorite thing in the whole world. Want to know why? Well, there are so many reasons. Check all the reasons you love food and then you give them reasons. So the interactivity of it's great. And this artist, Lauren, is phenomenal. How did you come together? He's beyond. Random House gave me a list of, of artists that they wanted to work with. And I chose Lauren and they asked her if she could work on it. And she said, yes. And I'm so grateful. And I have a really, I'm so creative and I have a wild imagination, but her imagination is even beyond that. And it's incredible. And I sent her a lot of the art that I do. Like you can see, I make a lot of fruit art and that was something I used years ago through my social media as a a tool for education and learning about fruits and vegetables was just like creating art with it. And I sent her some of my art and she just 
knocked it out of the park. I mean, there's every kind of kid, every kind of adult, all different family dynamics, every fruit and vegetable. I mean, she just knows how to have fun. And it's, I I love it. Like she's, Random House really made a great match with the two of us. Yeah, absolutely. I love this too. This is how I like to eat. My app, my go-to snack after school is the meal I like to eat on my birthday is I feel best when I eat that, you know, so again, super interactive. I love how you educate uh, the kids about, did you know what that different seasons bring different fruits and vegetables? And oh my God, that picture is awesome. It's like at a farmer's market and all the different types of people and the colors. It's brilliant. I was thinking of in Notting Hill, that scene when Hugh Grant is really sad and he's walking through the farmer's market. Yes. So sad, but so wonderful. And that's what I thought of for that. Because I'm like, that is the the quintessential farmer's market scene where you just get all the seasons in one, in one space. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh God. That I've seen that movie so many times. That That is such a, that's such a great movie. I also love how you have, you say families in other countries or people with different heritages can share mealtimes in really different ways. Even the way we serve food can be unique in our own home. I love that. I was, uh, I studied cultural anthropology for my undergrad and then I got my master's in public health. So I love anything having to do with different cultures and communities and things like that. And I love it because everyone does grow up with a different way that they eat dinner at the end of the day, a different family dynamic. And I just want people to know that healthy eating is really for everyone. And no matter what your family looks like, like this is, this is something that's achievable for you. Oh yeah. Now I have to do your, uh, what are these things called? The word, you find the words, it's all the letters. What is that called? Thank you. I love a word search. I love a word search too. And I'm going to be doing this later. I'm looking now. Okay. I see a couple, but yeah, that's great. You've got compost, recycle, excuse me, compost, recycle, vegetables, fruit, vitamins, exercise, reuse, and tomatoes and a whole bunch. That's super fun. You've got connect the dot, which I love. That's super fun. Filling your own community garden with fruits and vegetables with your favorites. And we talk about ways to give back because that is so important. I feel like this is like the all-encompassing ways to to be a great human and eat vegetables book. Oh, see, that's beautiful. A great way to be a good human and eat vegetables book. That should be like a tagline somewhere. My book. I also like that you taught, you have an at-home activity, take a tomato seed and place it in a plastic bag with a moistened paper towel, tape the bag to a sunny window, and the seed will grow into a tomato plant. You know, it's funny because... I was a kid in the seventies and I remember doing something like that at school. Right. And I, I think that if you can do that at home as well, cause maybe you're in a school where they're not doing that or, or, you know, or just doing it with your family or my daughter used to grow carrots with her grandfather, my father-in-law in his yard. And, and when you get the kids involved, right. It, it just, it's so much better. I just find that when you, even I was with my little cousin a few years, I guess he was five years old at the time. And I was in Israel and he obviously he didn't speak English and I speak enough Hebrew, but he took me to his garden and he pulled out a carrot. And I was like, I know my book is going to be great just watching this because he grew his own food and he's showing me and he's going to go eat it. And even though we don't speak the same language, we do. 
because food is universal. And I was like, awesome. Like, let's go eat this carrot. You feel so accomplished doing this. Like, what could be more exciting? Uh, Do you already have a favorite fruit or veggie? Don't answer yet. First, we're going to meet some of my friends. I've never seen a pomelo. Uh, I've heard of it. I've seen jackfruit, but I'm afraid to try it. Yeah, what's a what's a pomelo? A pomelo is sort of a hybrid grapefruit, and it's just like a very large grapefruit. I ate them a lot growing up. Um, my mom spent a lot of time in Hong Kong and Taiwan, and so we had a very strong influence from those countries in our eating and. Um, it's sort of like a very large grapefruit that you really have to peel. The, the peel is very thick, but you get in there and it's, I'm obsessed with grapefruit. Like my favorite food memory is of sitting with my grandmother and her peeling grapefruits for me with like the beautiful sections and she would make a plate of them. And that's, that's what we would do. Um, it was beautiful process um but a pomelo is essentially like a larger grapefruit that you can probably find it in asian grocery store oh okay it's funny because my mom used to give us grapefruit at dinner that was kind of interesting and she would cut it in half and she had that little knife that you could like Uh so you could eat the little individual pieces right and oh my god i would put so much sugar on it i'd look back i'm like holy cow cuz to me i don't like i still don't like sour that much but as a kid especially and you just ate the grapefruit as is i ate it as is my bubby it for me at her house i would have it regular i love i'm obsessed with grapefruit i love it how sour it is but at my parents house i would dip it in the sugar bowl and then eat it but to this day i drink grapefruit juice almost every day. I I don't know if it's just like my food memory. And what's interesting is my cousin, her name's Mindy Siegel. She's on the other, on my dad's side of the family. And she's one of the best pastry chefs in the, in the country. And she's a, a bakery called Mindy's Bakery in Chicago. And it's, oh, they have nice. a beautiful day there and she's incredible. And we had never met until I was like in my teens and we were talking about food memory and she had an article and she goes, my greatest food memory is of having grapefruit with my grandmother. And I was like, we really are family. Like, Oh, that on your side of the, on my other side of the family that I don't know as well, you guys were also peeling grapefruit. And like, that was your thing. I just thought it was very special. Oh, that is special. Now, were some of the kids, like, I don't know what a lot of this stuff is, or you were saying a lot of them knew, or I guess it really depends on on the kids, right? And where they're from and how they're raised and, and economic issues and food deserts, right? I was in New York with the Edible Schoolyard a week ago, and there's kids from all over, I guess they're in like Bed-Stuy, Clinton Hill, these kids, they had tried most of these. Oh, that's awesome. It was really cool. The California kids also have had most of them. Jackfruit is something that it's like mostly something that vegetarian kids would probably have. They're kind of stinky. You have to wear gloves to peel them. But the only thing that they hadn't really tried were turnips. Which I get that. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I get it a hundred percent, but for the most part, they'd had everything, even figs. I was like, what a cool group of kids like in New York and California that have tried so many things. I was really inspired by them. Yeah, that is. It's interesting with the jackfruit because I keep seeing like jackfruit enchiladas. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I haven't tried them. I, I don't know. I'm a little, I got to be less picky. I see the jackfruit. I'm like, I don't even know. But what does it taste like? <laughs> Maybe you can help me. You know, I've only had it cooked in other things. Oh, okay. So I don't know what the actual flavor is, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. I love summer fruit. I mean, I could eat cherries and watermelon till the cows come home. When I was pregnant with my daughter, she's 18 now. I ate so many cherries and watermelon because she was born in July. And it, that, I don't know if it's because I was pregnant or it was just a good season, but nothing has ever tasted better than those cherries and watermelon. And then I tried to eat an apple a day because that's healthy. But I definitely looking at this, you know, this wonderful page with all these different fruits. I do eat raspberries a lot. That's really good. I, there's cherries. I do eat avocados. I love eggplant, but I feel like whenever I make eggplant, because it's like a sponge, it just soaks up so much oil. So if you have any eggplant secrets for us, that would I be great. Baba ganoush. I love baba ganoush. I'm not very into smoky flavors, but I like roast my eggplant in the oven. And I just put like a lot of tahina, lemon juice and olive oil and salt and pepper. Feeling stressed lately, sluggish, having trouble sleeping and thinking about your never ending to-do list? It happens to the best of us, but we've got an insider secret for you to help you live your healthiest life and stress a little less this year. Pair the award-winning, gut-nourishing, Just Thrive probiotic with the stress-busting, mood-uplifting power of Just Calm. These two products are game changers in helping you take control of your mental health and your overall health. They have been part of my daily routine for months, but you have to give them time to work. There is no magic overnight pill, even though we all wish there were. But trust me, these two products will help you live your best life. Just Thrive Probiotic is like a little gardener of your gut, safely eliminating bad bacteria and replenishing the good, and it actually produces antioxidants too. It can be opened and sprinkled into any food or drink, so it's a perfect probiotic for the whole family. And for next-level stress-busting mood support, add in Just Calm. This product has been proven to do the almost unimaginable. Quickly promote a healthy response to everyday stress, encourage a steady, serene, and balanced mood, drive mental clarity, focus, and alertness, and even support great energy and optimal sleep. This is true stress management built for our modern-day stress-filled world. Just Thrive Probiotics have more clinical research than just about anyone else in the industry. No fake marketing, no claims, just real proven results. Every product is natural and they have a money back guarantee. What do you have to lose? To learn about this groundbreaking company, don't miss episode 1174, where I chatted with Tina, the CEO and co-founder. If you're ready to up your wellness game and beat bloat, digestive issues, stress, and more, you can get 15% off site-wide at justthrivehealth.com with promo code NATSAV15. That's N-A-T-S-A-V-15. While you're there, check out all their other research-based products for optimal gut and immune health. Just Thrive is your one-stop wellness shop. There's something for everyone, a probiotic for pets, vitamins for bone and heart health, and even a product to help with recurring UTIs, all with a bottom-of-the-bottle guarantee. 
Take control of your health this year with Just Thrive. I think my problem is I, I tend, there used to be this store in town and it was run by uh, a guy from Lebanon and he would make this thing where the very, very oily, but flipping delicious. We had the eggplant and tomato and spice. It's kind of spicy and oh my God, but yeah, it had a lot of oil in it, but hopefully olive oil. <laughs> it was, was pretty good. Like um, in Israel, there's this thing called sabich, which is like, fried eggplant strips with like a bunch of different vegetables in a pita and some like pickled vegetables. And I like a dream of eating it because it is oh, it sounds so good. everything and more. It's just like, it's also so interesting because it's a great way to get so many vegetables into your body, but it's so delicious. And it's, I wish there was a place that made it in Los Angeles because I would eat it very often. Yeah, I gotta have to, I'm gonna have to look that up. Say that word, which is like S A B I C H transliterated, but it's just like a fried eggplant in a pita with vegetables and some like tahina or like amba or, you know, other tasty sauces on top. God, that sounds so good. When I was in Israel, I can't believe I'm saying this. It was 35 years ago, which is like, wait, how's that possible? Was I five? No, I'm joking. I was 20. Um, anyway, I uh, had I fell in love with the shawarma. The mm. shawarma was like the best thing I had ever eaten. It was so good. And that's not especially healthy. I mean, it's, but the, oh my God, I don't know how anything tasted so good, but I wish I had had this, uh, that sapik. Yeah. It's incredible. I even use uh, shawarma spice when I make mushrooms sometimes. What is the spice? I don't even know what shawarma spice is. I just love the shawarma. No, I don't actually know what's in it either, but there's this really cool um, company called New York Shook, and they make the most incredible Middle Eastern spices. And like they even have preserved lemon and they have one that's called Cafe Hawaji. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's sort of like a Middle Eastern chai. And I put Ooh. it in my coffee. I put it in my snickerdoodles. I'm obsessed with all of their spices. They have beautiful za'atar, but I've put their shawarma spice on mushrooms and cooked them and it's delicious. Oh my God, that sounds so good. You know, I want to ask you another question about being a food stylist. Is it true that sometimes you use, or is that just for photography where they're like, they put cardboard between the pancakes so they look more stacked or they'll use certain things like instead of the whipped cream, they'll use like something thicker so it looks more fluffy or I mean, I work with Shack sometimes and I'm all, we, when I do, um, we shoot milkshakes using um, shaving cream is a really great tip because actual whipped cream melts um when i've shot pancakes before i've just used frozen ones because they are flatter on most of the projects i've worked on for the most part we've used real food but there's a lot of you you know push things to the front of the burger or the sandwich so you just don't want that end of it but there's a lot of like little tips and tricks for things just to make things look delicious. I like hope things will go in a more organic 
way for the future where we're using real food just in general instead of, uh, you know, really processed things that I've worked on. But now, is this something for cookbooks too? You know, because I have a cookbook and, well, I have a book that has a cookbook section in it or recipes. And originally I was going to do it myself, take pictures. I was like, I don't, I'm not doing this. <laughs> so I, I had know. someone do it and they look great. Um, I don't know if they were like a professional food photographer stylist, but I thought they did a really good job, but that's something too, right? That you can, yeah, I've worked you do. a lot and it's, I think you have to have an eye for food. Like I'm not as skilled as taking portraits as I am of food. And that's, you know, I started before Instagram existed. Like I was that person after college that was posting my lunch on the the internet for some reason, which was pretty weird at the time, but I, I started working in food. So it, and I'm really visual. So I would just be taking pictures all the time. And I guess that's just how it started. And people be like, you're great at this. And I bought a camera and I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to do this and took a class at UCLA. And I was like, this is a really cool, a cool thing to be in. And now everyone's a, a food photographer. And I'm like, if you have an iPhone, you can do it too. But like to do things professionally, you need a real camera. Yeah. Like I love the picture behind you of the carrots. Oh, carrots. It's so fun. Yeah. Did I you take it. that? I did. I have a whole gallery wall over there of um, other food photos, but I would just go to the farmer's market at peak season of whatever it is. So this is fall and we are so lucky in California to have incredible farmers and California provides, I think, 60 to 70 percent of the produce for the entire country, which is also why the drought is, is such a a big deal, but I would look at all the different color carrots and people are like, I didn't know they came in all those colors. Yeah. I mean, there's white, you got white, yellow, yellow, orange, red, purple. There's purple that have orange inside. There's just also, I was hoping with this book to just really let people know, you know, there's 60,000 types of apples. There's you know, it's not just a red apple and it's not just orange carrots. There's so many different colors and shapes of things. And we even talk about like ugly, ugly fruits and vegetables. They all taste the same, like passion fruit, the wrinklier they are, the sweeter they are, the more ripe they are. So it's, you know, you can't always tell a book by its cover with, with fruits and vegetables too. Like there's a lot of, secrets inside. Now, when you go to events, just before we start taping, you mentioned you had had four events recently. So you go, do you, you bring the books and you talk about like healthy eating and then you get the kids involved? Like, give us an idea of what happens. So kids I've learned of all different ages have about a seven to 10 minute attention span, which is great. So I always start and I show them my first page in my book and I ask everyone what their favorite colors are. I've learned blue, very popular. Love blue. Everyone loves blue. Some kids love all the colors. And then I ask them their favorite reasons to eat food. 
and it seems as though they love to eat it because it's delicious and it gives them energy and it keeps them healthy. And then I go to my, because this isn't like a book you could read to kids, but if you want to get kids involved, you can read parts of it and everyone can answer. And even if kids don't know each other, they're very excited to answer them. So then I go through the page of, of fruits and vegetables by size. And I just ask who's tried the different fruits and vegetables, which I've learned that these kids have tried a lot of things, which good for these parents. And from there we go and do an apple tasting activity and every kid tries one of each. So it's usually a yellow, a green, a like pinkish and a dark red apple. And the kids fill out their little sheets, either with their parents or with themselves. And we have a little tasting and then they color in their books and color about their apples. And I've done, I think, seven events. My book has been out for two weeks now and I've done seven events and every kid has been really happy and no one has a food allergy to apples, which is also great. That's so Um, nice. That's so exciting. Congratulations. I'm not surprised. I mean, it really is a beautiful book. Thank you. So they're, the kids are having fun. Everyone is having fun with this. And I love having fun with food. Like, how cool is that? Like, it's just, we're all enjoying it. So, and kids of so many different backgrounds, like across the board. So it's been, it's been great. People are just, they're buying a lot of books, which is fun. They're loving that it's not just eat your vegetables. They're good for you. It's, it's colors and characters and worms and kids that look like them. What age range would you say this is for? No, my publisher said three to seven, but the more I've spent time with it out in the world, two-year-olds love the book because they can say the different colors and they can identify the different fruits and vegetables. I've seen eight to nine-year-olds use it as a workbook. So I've seen people who are in their 40s work on it. So yeah, it's for two to eight, but it's, I think everyone likes working on it. Everyone loves to be involved and and color and match and get things right and just, you know, feel accomplished and know which fruits and vegetables grow on a tree or a bush or in the ground. Like it's just, it's just, it is really fun. It really is. The book again is this is what I eat fun activities for mindful eating. Aliza J. Sokolo. Aliza, tell us all the ways we can find your awesome book. And I'm going to, I'm checking you out on Instagram. You must have some beautiful pictures of food on I there. I have some really beautiful pictures on Instagram. My book is available everywhere books are sold. So if you go to indiebound.org, you can type in your zip code and all the local bookstores to your, to your zip code will pop up. It's at Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Um, I love supporting my local bookstore. I used to go to a bookstore called The White Rabbit in La Jolla growing up. And oh, I'm so jealous. It's my favorite place, San Diego. 
It was so beautiful. And my sister and I went to a book signing with the author of the Babysitter's Club as a kid. So I understand how exciting meeting authors is. Um, So the book is sold everywhere. And um, I'm happy to come to an event for anyone that wants to get it in person if they just message me. So this is gorgeous. You have to go. There's this platter of fruit. Is This is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like, I want a picture, a, a photograph of that in my studio. Like, wow. It's even fun to eat, which is great. I'm like, if we just make things a little bit more beautiful or fun, and there's no wrong or right way to make a crudité board. It's just like layering things. And are these little pictures of you with the beautiful freckles? Yes. Oh my God, look at I you. Sun growing up, lots of freckles all the time. Gorgeous. You look like an actress. I was like, is that Brooke Shields? Like picture day in um elementary school. Well, be sure to follow Eliza. Did you give our did you give your website? Sorry, I was looking at your <laughs> I was looking at your Instagram. I usually wait till the show's over, but you're just beautiful pictures. Thank you. Uh Sokolophoto.com or my Instagram is Eliza J Sokolo, and we'll spell it in the in the podcast because it's too challenging to spell <laughs> yeah I just knew it because I grew up with people with that being Jewish I'd soak a little, like right away I know my parents had some friends with that name so but it was so much fun connecting with you and everyone if you want to check me out uh, I do have a brand new podcast that's doing great it's called dog eared with Lisa Davids well it's for people who write books about dogs and people who love dogs I've got memoirs health books I've got uh, obedience books. I'm going to be doing something on puppies. I'm going to be doing something on uh, natural health and holistic medicine. Lots of great stuff. So if you're a dog lover, definitely check it out. See lots of pictures of my dogs. Also stuff on healthy living at Lisa Davis MPH on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.